Today's daf is Ksubis daf Tzadik Vav. And we are at the beginning of a new parak, six lines from the bottom of daf Tzadik Hei Omid Beis, the 11th parak in Masechtis Ksubis, parak Almona Nizoynes. Today's daf is being learned, Le'ilu Nishmas Chayim Elazar Ben Yabad Lechayim Reb Shimshin Aryeh, and as a schus before Shalema, for Yitzchak Avram Ben Simma. So the 11th parak of Masechtis Ksubis is going to continue along the theme of the entire Masechta. We're going to continue to discuss halachas related to a Ksuba and halachas related to the Tnoi Ksuba. Now the first sugya of the parak, as the name of the parak implies, deals with the Tnoi Ksuba that states that a man that's married and dies... Of course, his children yarsh in his estate, but at the same time, they have an obligation to support the man who died's widow, his almon. It's not something that he's biblically obligated to do, but at the same time, Chazal incorporated in the Chiv Ksuba that an almona should be nezoynes, the almona, the widow, should be supported, from the estate of the Yisoyimim, the topic of today's daf is going to be this halacha. Says the Mishnah, Almona nizoynes minichsei Yisoyimim. And Almona gets supported from the estate of the Yisoyimim. Additionally, Maisiodel, any income that she earns, Shalohem, is going to belong to the Yisoyimim. So she gets supported from the Yisoyimim, and any income that she earns, in return, goes to the Yisoyimim. If it sounds familiar, it's very, very similar to the halacha between a husband and a wife. A man has an obligation to support his wife. According to most Tanoim and most Rishonim, it's a biblical obligation. She'er... In exchange for his chiv mezaynus, he's zoicha in her ma'isi adayim. So zelu umazeh almona nizaynus minachsi yisoyimim. That's supporting the almona. They get in return her ma'isi adayim. In chayovim bikfuros. However, if and when the almona dies, the yisoyimim are not going to be obligated to bury her. Who then is obligated to bury her? Your shell, her yorshim. Yarshek Subasa, specifically the ones that Yarshan Ruksuba, Chayavan Bikfurasa, they're going to be the ones that are going to be obligated to bury her. So the Mishnah says three things. Number one, Almana Nizainis Menachsi Yasaimim. Number two, the Maisia Dayim of the Almana belong to the Yasaimim. Number three, the Yasaimim are not obligated to bury the woman in the event she dies. Rather, it's her Yarshim, the Yarshik Subasa, that are going to be obligated to bury her. Now, the reason the Mishnah speaks out, the Ein Chayavim Bikfurasa, is because a husband is obligated to bury his wife. So, to the extent that we're saying, Almon and Yisoyimim, Menach Yisoyimim, and Maisiyah Der Shalahem, so it sounds like the relationship between the Almon and the Yisoyimim from a Schos Chayva perspective very much mirrors the relationship between a married woman and her husband. So if a husband is obligated to bury his wife, you would then think that maybe the Yisoyimim are obligated to bury the Amona if and when she dies. The Mishnah, that's not the case. Rather, who is obligated to bury her? Her Yarshim. And the reason is because the Gemara and Daphne Mzayin which earlier in the Masechta discussed all the different Chiyuvim 
And Tzchusim, that a husband has towards his wife, said specifically that a husband has to bury his wife, but the reason is, because the husband yarshins the ksuba, so it comes with an invoice that he's responsible to bury her. So if the reason that the husband is responsible to bury her is because he yarshins the ksuba, the Yisoyimim do not yarshin her ksuba, therefore they don't have a chiv to bury her. Who does have the chiv to bury her? Those who yarshin the ksuba. Who are they? Whoever. Learn hilchas nachlis. But that's the point of the Mishnah. That although Ammonah Nizaynis Minechsi Yisoyimim, Ammaisi Yadashal Ahemza, from that standpoint, it sounds like we have a, a perfect tzushta between the Ammonah Yisoyimim relationship and the husband and wife relationship. But as relates to kvura, there it's going to be different. And the reason is because tikna kvura satachas ksubasa, the Yisoyimim don't yarshin the ksuba. If they don't yarshin the ksuba, they're not obligated to bury her. Who is obligated to bury her? Your shell, your ksubasa. Whoever the yarshim are, they're going to be the ones that are going to be obligated to bury her. The Bnei Yeshiva weren't sure how to read the Mishnah. And you find this very often in Chas. We've spoken that over the years, that Rabbi Tzvi Hershchayes in his Agoyes, Maritzchios, and Barichos in one of his farm said that because you find there was confusion sometimes amongst Dama Yiram, how to read certain words in a Mishnah, that's a riot to his thesis that although we're accustomed to thinking that Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi wrote the Mishnah, really didn't write the Mishnah. All he did was was Masadr the Mishnah and pick and choose from all the Bryces that were essentially saying the same thing which were going to be upgraded into Mishnayis and which were going to remain simply Bryces but they weren't physically written because if they were written then why so many questions throughout Shas as to the proper pronunciation or the way a word is is meant to be read just open it up and and see what it says so from the fact that there were so many different mishnayas that it was a little bit unclear what the right nusach of the mishnah was says that's a riot that the amiram didn't simply have a, a mishnah that they could have referred to and said okay let's open it up and t- let's take a look at what it says but that aside the bnei yeshiva had a question our mishnah began and said but really there was a suffix, is the right way to read the Mishnah, or maybe the right way to read the Mishnah is not, but rather, what's the difference? Is a fact. You're telling me a halacha. The Yisoyimim have a responsibility from the estate that they're yashin from their father to support Almona. Almona Hanazoinus would mean that there is no factual obligation, meaning, Lav dafka, the almona needs to be nezoinus. Could be, yeah, could be not. We'll see in a minute. But what the Mishnah's then saying is almona hanezoinus. In the event that an almona is nezoinus, then you have the halachas of what the Mishnah's trying to say. Just to say it a little bit more clearly. Almona nezoinus would imply that an almona is always nezoinus. Almona hanezoinus would imply that sometimes the almona is nezoinus and sometimes the almona is not nezoinus. The halach of the Mishnah is nogeya where the almona is Nezoinus, meaning the Almona Hanezoinus. Now I'm going to tell you everything I'm going to tell you. Now, what are the two stadim? Zakti Gemara Nezoinus Tan is the right case in the Mishnah Almona Nezoinus, and if that's the case, it's Ukanche Galil. The Tan of the Mishnah must have been from Galil, and he must have followed the Minig of Galil. And it's for that reason, the husband. 
a state is always going to be responsible to take care of the almana. Or maybe the bright curse in the mission is Hanazainas. And if that's the case, the Tana of the mission was following the Mindig of the Ancha Yehuda, the And if the Yisraimim don't want to support the almana, they're not going to have to support the almana. So Rashi says that if you looked at the Ksubas that were written in Galil versus the Ksubas that were written in Yehuda, there was some nuanced differences. In Galil, they would write that an almana always get supported from the estate of the assignment. Even if the assignment pay the ksuba, still they're going to be supported. In Yehuda, they would specifically write in the ksuba that although the Ammonah's nizaynus menech the assignment, but if the assignment choose to pay up the ksuba, at that point the Ammonah is not going to get paid anymore. So if the assignment pay the ksuba, does the Ammonah still get supported menech the assignment or not? It depended on whether this couple lived in Galil or whether they lived in Yehuda. In Galil, the woman was always supported, even if the assignment paid the ksuba. In Yehuda, it depended. If they paid the ksuba, then there was no chiv anymore. If they didn't pay the ksuba yet, so there's an outstanding ksuba payment, then they would be obligated to support the, to support the Amana. Now, just to be clear, the Gemara had mentioned several times earlier in the Masechta that once a woman is teveya her ksuba, and Almana, at that point, she loses her schus mezayinus. But that's talking about where she was teveya. We're not discussing where she was teveya. Over there, everybody agrees she would lose her schus mezayinus. We're discussing when the Yisoyimim went, and they offered to pay, and she accepted payment. At that point, does she lose her schus mezayinus, or does she not? It depended on whether you lived in Galil, or whether you lived in Yehuda. So the Gemara says as follows. If the Gears in the Mishnah was Almana nizayinus, so that means an Almana is always nizayinus. And even if the Yisoyimim decide to pay the Ksuba, still she's going to be Nizainus. So what the Mishnah is saying is two things. She always gets supported. And by the way, But Ammon and Nizainus is always the case, even if he paid the Ksuba. Whereas in Yehuda, we are in the event that the Yisraimi would pay the Ksuba, at that point they wouldn't have a Chiv Nizainus anymore. So there it would be more appropriate to say Meaning Ammon that's Nizainus because sometimes she's not being Nizainus. Why would she not be Nizainus in the event that they paid the Ksuba? But either way, that's the question in the Gemara. Is the Tan of the Mishnah following the Anche Galil? If that's the case, the Girs of the Mishnah would be Ammon and Nizainus. Or is the Tan of the Mishnah following the Anche Yehuda, in that case, the Gersa the Mishnah would be Hanazainus, the Mars Tashma, I'll bring you a right. Because Omar Abzair, Abzair said, Ramashmul in the name of Shmuel. So Shmuel was commenting on our Mishnah. And he said, the Mishnah discussed the assignment supporting the Amana. The Mishnah discussed the Maisia Daim of the Amana going to the assignment. The Mishnah also discussed whether or not the assignment Machai Bikfurasa. What about her Mitzia? What if an Amana finds a Mitzia? Who's going to get the Mitzia? Are the Yisoyimim going to get it, or is she going to keep it for herself? Meaning, if we're already having the discussion of how far we equate the relationship from a momentous perspective between the Amman and the Yisoyimim to the relationship between a married woman and her husband, so we had a whole pair called Mitzia Seisha would discuss the halachas of the Mitzia of an Isha. So how would that relate to an Amman? So Shmuel the Amoira commented, and he said, Mitzia Samman al-Atzma. The Amman gets to keep her in Mitzia. So the Gemara says, yeah, but Bishloim HaHanizaynis Tanan, Bishloim if Shmuel had the gears in the Mishnah HaHanizaynis, and the Mishnah was going like the Anche Yehuda, that sometimes she gets supported, sometimes she doesn't get supported. Chapters. I understand why Shmuel would have commented 
did, and he would have said the Metzia of the Almana goes to herself. The reason is because that's what Rashi says, we're going to make an Aikimta that uh, Shmuel was talking about an Almana that was not being supported. And because she's not being supported, it's for that reason she gets to keep her Metzia. But Anachanami, if she was the Hanazoinus of the Mishnah, meaning the Mishnah is saying sometimes they were supported, sometimes they weren't supported. And Shmuel was commenting on the Misha that's not being supported, she gets to keep her Metzia. But if the right case in the Mishnah is a modern Nizoinus, that means she's always Nizoinus. Nahavi Kebal, then Lachura, the assignment should be like the husband, just like a married couple. If she finds a Metzia, goes to the husband. So why should the Metzia of an Ammon not go to the Yarshim? So Shmuel said the Metzia of the Ammon is like Atzma, doesn't go to the Yarshim. So Bishloima, if the Mishnah is talking about an Ammon, a which means it's also sort of talking about an Ammon that's not being Nizoinus. So Shmuel was discussing his Allah related to the Ammon that's not being Nizoinus. But if you're telling me every Ammon is Nizoinus, Nizoinus Tanan, then Lachura, why should she get to keep her Metzia? So the Gemara says, Don't bring me any ride from what Shmuel said, because maybe Shmuel had the gears of Nizoinus Tanan. What's the Kasha? So why Metzia is Ammon Atzma should go to the Yarshim? Time am I Amar Abad Metzia's Yishalavailo? So the Gemara says, Why is it that Metzia's Yishal goes to her husband, the late Tahavila Eva? It's because we don't want there to be any Eva. There should be no Merivois. There should be no Shambayas problems between the man and the woman, meaning the man is supporting his wife. If she's going to suddenly win the lottery and be able to keep it for herself, so there's a concern that maybe it's going to lead to some uncomfortable feelings. But Hanu, but as it relates to the Yusoyimim and the Ammonah to have a we don't care if there's going to be Eva. When it comes to a husband and a wife, they were sensitive because of Shalom Bayez. Shalom Bein Ishle Ishta is a very big deal. But when it comes to possibly having Eva between the Ammonah and the Yusoyimim, that we don't care as much about, and that was Shmuel's point. Metzias Amana is always going to be Latzma. In other words, and this is one of the themes of the first few minutes of today's app, something we know already, there's so many obligations that a man has towards his wife. There are several schusim that a man has in his wife, but they're not all for the same reason. And really, in order to understand how you would apply it in different situations, specifically in our sugya, to the Amman and the assignment, you'd have to go through each one and understand it individually. Yeah. Therefore, the Yisoyimim are going to get the Maisiyadayim. Because the Maisiyadayim are directly linked, they're directly related to the Mizoyimim. The Chiv Kvura that the Yisoyimim are not going to have. Because that's related to Yarshin in the Ksuba. They don't Yarshin in the Ksuba. Metziyas Isha. Just like Matthias Isha Labayla, that Shmuel said is not either going to apply because that's all related to Eva. We don't care about Eva when it comes to the Ammon and the assignment. So you can't just make this general rule that Chazal equated the financial relationship between a man and a wife to now the Ammon and the assignment. You have to go through each one of these halachas and ksubas individually and you have to see how it relates to the relationship between the Ammon and and the assignment. More on this theme. Rabbi Yosef Rebchanina said, Any melacha that a married woman has to do towards her husband. So, what melachas does a married woman have to do for her husband? It's a Mishnah. Right? All the different halachas. So, says the. Gemara, that Yosef Reb Chanina said that all the malachas that a woman has to do for her husband, Amana is the Yarshim. The Amana does have to do for the Yarshim. So this is an example of something that the married woman has to do for her husband that the Amana would have to do for the Yisayim. Chutz, mi mezigas hakois, Three exceptions to the rule. Number one, the Amana does not have to dilute the wine of the Yisayim. She does not have to make their beds, and she doesn't have to bathe them. 
What's the reason for these three things? Meaning, why are they exceptions to the rule? So Rashi says, Because these are things that bring to Chiba, Lipshaft, the Hergul Dovar. And it's something that can bring Lidei Tashmish. In fact, Rashi says that the Gemara said earlier in the Masechta and Daftalin Amad Aleph that with the exception of these three. Why? Because of Chiba and Hergul Dovar. So it's precisely for that reason they don't apply, obviously, between the Amana and the Yislam. I'm Rabbi Shulvan Levi. Rabbi Shulvan Levi said, Every malacha that an Eved is obligated to do for his master, Talmud Oysele Rabbi. A Talmud should do for his Rebbe as well. Chutz, there's one thing he shouldn't do. Me'ataras minel. He should not take off his shoes. A Talmud should not take off the shoes of his Rebbe. Why not? So Rashi says an interesting reason. Because if somebody sees a Talmud taking off the shoes of his Rebbe, he's going to think Eved Kananihu. He might think he's an Eved. Not only an Eved, an Eved Kanani. And that's not good because it's going to affect his ability to do a shidduch. It's going to completely impact his yichus. So people shouldn't think he's an Evet Kanani. Don't take off the Rebbe's shoes. So anything you want to do, do. Chutz me'at Torah's middle. Omar Rava. Rava said you have to read the fine print. Being that the whole reason, like Rashi explained, that the Talmud not supposed to take off the shoes of the Rebbe is people shouldn't think he's an Evet Kanani. He said this is only Nogeya. People don't know who he is. If you're in a place where everybody knows who you are, less somebody. Obviously, you don't have to worry about it. Everyone knows you're not an Evet Kanani. The only time this is true is if you're not wearing tefillin. If you're wearing tefillin, then you can take off the Rebbe's shoes. Less slumber. Why not? Because it wasn't the derech of avodim to wear tefillin. And being that it wasn't the derech of the avodim to wear tefillin, so if you're wearing tefillin, no one's going to think you're an evet. Toysus Dibra Maschel Avomanach Tefillin Leslamba says, if you just skip to the last line, that Mikamokam Ene Rogalaniach Kalsha, that the evet Kanani didn't always wear tefillin. And because he didn't always wear tefillin, so if you wear tefillin, that's a giveaway that you're probably not an evet Kanani. So if you're someone that people might think is an evet Kanani, just put on a pair of tefillin, you wear tefillin like this, everyone's going to know you're not an Ever Kanani. Why? Rashi says, Toysus is a little different. Now, one thing you see from Rashi and Toysus is, it's okay for an Evet Kanani to wear tefillin. But at the same time, sounds like he wasn't chayef to wear tefillin. Rashi is lost for sure. Toysus adds kolsha. Kolsha sounds like maybe he used to wear tefillin, but just not always wore tefillin. Now, really, if you ask the man on the street, Evit Kanani, yet fill and note fill So, what's he going to say? And Evit Kanani is chayven mitzvahs, but only mitzvahs that a woman is chayven. So, an Evit Kanani is chayven all mitzvahs loisase. An Evit Kanani is chayven mitzvahs asesha in Azman Gerama. But if it's a mitzvahs asesha Azman Gerama, like Yeshiva Sukkah, Dalad Minin, Ukadaima, such mitzvahs being that women are potter, the Evit Kanani would be potter as well. Tefillin, we paskin, although it's a big machlekes and shas, but we paskin is a mitzvah saseh shaz mangaroma, and women are potter from the mitzvah and tefillin. So because women are potter from the mitzvah of tefillin, Nevi Kanani is also potter from the mitzvah of tefillin. And because Nevi Kanani is potter from the mitzvah of tefillin, so Lechura and Evit Kanani would not be obligated to wear tefillin. Could an Evit Kanani wear tefillin? Why not? Could a woman sit in a sukkah? Could an Evit Kanani sit in a sukkah? So because an Evit Kanani could be Mikhaima mitzvah sasesh as mangaroma, so lochayre, if he would want to wear tefillin, he could wear tefillin. What about make a bracha? If an Evit Kanani would put on tefillin, would he make a bracha? 
It's totally in the Machlaikis, the Rambam and Rabbeinu Tam. According to the Rambam, that a woman who's being Makayim and Mitzvah, say, just Mangaram, doesn't make a brachas of a woman. It's in a sukkah. She's not going to make a brach of Leisha Basoka. So, Enochanami, if Nebuchadnezzar would put on Tfilin Lechayra, he wouldn't make a brach either. If, however, you hold like Rabbeinu Tam, the Midrashkenazim, that a woman that's Makayim and Mitzvah, say, just Mangaram, she does make a brach. So, Lechayra and Evet Knani would be the same way. In other words, Lechura, the din of an Evet Knani, would mirror the din of an Isha. The MS it's Mefurish and Toysvis getting that Mema Maralev that Toysvis over there is discussing also in Nevet Knani wearing Tfilin and says that Luchayra Nevet Knani would wear Tfilin if he wanted to even though he's Potter and not only that if he wants to make a bracha he could make a bracha Bederich Agav Mamish I once saw a alumnus in the name of Rabbi Yashuber Soloveitchik he said that even though women and Avodim Knanim are both Potter from Mitzvah Sasech as Mangaroma but He said, a woman has all the Kedushas Yisrael. She has the same Kedushas Yisrael as a man does. For whatever reason, reasons that we've spoken about over the years, the Abu Dram, but for whatever reason, women are potter from all Mitzvah Sasei Mangaroma. And Evet Knani is potter from Mitzvah Sasei Mangaroma, not because there's a Din Ba'alma that he's potter from Mitzvah Sasei Mangaroma. But together is that there's a Chesorin in his Kedushas Yisrael. And because of that Chesorin in his Kedushas Yisrael, he's potter from certain Mitzvahs. Included in that is Mitzvah Sasei Mangaroma. It's a very big lumbus. Women are potter from many Mitzvahs. Avadim Knanim are potter from many Mitzvahs. Rav Yashuber said that women that are potter from all these Mitzvahs, it's a Din Ba'alma. For whatever reason, they're potter from Mitzvahs. But it doesn't come because of the Chesorin in their Kedusha. Mitzvah, the Kedushas Yisrael of Avada they would be Chayv. So they're only Chayv in certain mitzvahs. For example, a Zar that's not Chayv in the mitzvahs of Kahuna. It's because he doesn't have Kedushas Kahuna. But a woman really has the same Kedusha as a man. Afal Pekin, she's potter from certain mitzvahs. But an Evet Knani is not. Now why is this a Chiddush? Because the Makar that an Evet Knani is potter from mitzvahs and Chayv in mitzvahs is Lala Meisha. So it could be this is totally in whether Lala Meisha is a Reboy or it's a Mir. The Shagasari is Chakira and Chagiga Davbeis. We can go on and on with this. But just in terms in terms of, as it relates to making a bracha, there could be, there would be a makam to say in Lambdas that a woman who has Kedusha Sisral, someone she does a mitzvah, she has mangarama, she's mekayim a mitzvah, she can make a bracha, shekedishanu, but mitzvah sevitzivanu, because mitzad the Kedusha Sisral, there's no chesarin. As opposed to the Evid Kanani, who although he's potter from mitzvah, she has mangarama, it comes from a chesarin, Kedusha Sisral, if it comes from a chesarin, Kedusha Sisral, maybe he can't say, shekedishanu, but mitzvah sevitzivanu. Right, the whole chakira between the Rabbim and Rabbeinu Tam, where the, the woman could make the bracha, can't make the bracha at all, Pivoted on one word in the Nusach Abracha, Vitzivanu. Right, that's the big Shaila. How do you say Vitzivanu if you're not Chayev in Mitzvahs? That's the Ramam Shita. Rabbeinu Tam said, we're all Vitzivanu. The Asheket Ishanu is also something that could be, would play itself out over here. Because if the reason in Nebuchadnezzar is Potter is based on the fact that there's a Chesarin in Kedushas Yisrael, then maybe there shouldn't be a Chesarin in the Kedishanu. Bossi Raplo Either way, Zokte. Gemara Vaiter. Amr Rabbi Chibar Rabbi Amr Rabbi Yochanan. So on the topic of a Talmud being Meshamish his Rebbe. So Rabbi Chibar Rabbi sent the name Rabbi Yochanan. Call him and he told me to be If somebody doesn't allow his Talmud to be Meshamishim, so you have a Rebbe and his Talmud wants to be Meshamishim and he says it's okay. I don't need your help. So you would think, oh, it's a very nice thing. A Rabbi Shemachal al Kloidei Kloidei Machal. So Rabbi Yochanan said, no. It's kiilu moinea mi menu chesed. It's as if he's withholding from him an opportunity to do chesed. And the pasuk says lamos. Rashi says, Lamos means If someone holds back from his friend, Chesed. 
What he's holding back from him is chesed. Either way, he's withholding from him the ability to do chesed. Rab Nachman by Yitzchak Oimer, Rab Nachman by Yitzchak added to that. He said, "Af pirik mi menu yirushamay." He's taking away from him yirushamay. Shenem at the end of that pasuk is ve'yiras shaka yazav. We're gonna get to this. Into we're gonna get back into this in the ray. Om Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar said, "Amona shetofsem et halklon b'mzaynesel." Again, we're discussing Amona nizaynes minechsi yisaym. Said Rabbi Lazar, "Amona that chapt metalklon." For her mezainus, masha tafsa tafsa. Whatever she took, she took already. Now the background to this halacha zakrashi is a sugi that we had earlier in Perak Matzias Oisha, where the Gemara had a major discussion whether amana mezainus menechsi yisaimim is it only karka or is it metaltalin. So we know, for example, metaltli diasmi is not meshubet obachayiv. It's not meshubet even tekesubasisha. What about mezainus? So amana mezainus are the metaltalin meshubet to the mezainus or not? We paskin mi mekarki v'loy mi metaltli. That was the maskona le'il dafsamach tesamibes. Just quoting Rashi. So Rashi says that Rabbi Loza was picking up on that sugya, and he said, "We know in Amana lechatchilos not let it take metaltolin, but what if b'diyeved she chap metaltolin Amana shetofsa metaltolin b'mzayneisel?" Said Rabbi Loza, "B'diyeved takfu koyin emoytzinoisa." But then the halach is going to be mashetofsa tofsa. So Gemara Tanya now meyachitz abrais Amana shetofsa metaltolin b'mzayneisel, and Amana the chap metaltolin from mzayneis mashetofsa tofsa. Whatever she took, she took. Chinti yos Rav Dimi Yama. Rav Dimi came from. Merit Yisrael to Bavel, so he brought halachas and meisalach and anecdotes and the Agada. And one of the things he said was, "I'll tell you a story that happened in Yerushalayim." Meisah bekalasi shor Rabshapsi. It was the Schneer, the daughter of Rabshapsi. Shnetovsa diski meleya mois. She took a suitcase full of money for her mezaynus. And the Chama couldn't take it away from her, even though she was wrong, because amana nizaynus menechsi yisaimim is me makarki v'leimim metalti. But once she took it already, so already she was allowed to keep it. Amar Ravina, Ravina said, "Leya mar." The only time this is true is elo lemezayne. As we're discussing, but when it comes to ksuba, meaning Ravina said that you'd be very tempted to draw a comparable and say, from but if she chaps it, she gets to keep it. daughter-in-law. So maybe the same should be true for ksuba. Ksuba also is something you're allowed to collect from karka, not from metaltalin. But at the same time, if she chaps metaltan for exuba, she should be able to keep it. So Ravina said, no, not true. What's the reason that if she would go ahead and chap metaltan for exuba, we would take it away from her because the din of exuba is you're supposed to be going only from karka, not metaltan. is the same thing that's supposed to be from karka, not from metaltan. Ella said, you're telling me that even though lechatchila you're supposed to take karka from mezayni, but but yeah, but if you took it, you get to keep it. The same is going to be true for ksuba. So my Ravashi asked Ravina a very elementary question. He basically told Ravina, I don't understand the chiluk. You're telling me that but yeah, if you go a metalta from mezaynis, it's okay, but for ksuba not, I don't understand the difference. In both cases, it's supposed to be karka not metaltlin. So but yeah, but you took it, you took it, then what's the difference? So my Ravashi asked a good question to Ravina. So the Gemara says it was an amayra that was there. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Naftali. Amalei Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Naftali. How often do you see the name Naftali in Jazz? So Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Naftali told Ravina, Hachi Aminim Meshmei Derava. I'll tell you what I heard in the name of that even though Mar Bravashi just asked you a good kasha, but you should know I have a Messiah in the name of Rava, Rava said the same thing. Now the Gemara didn't say what the Chiluk is. Why is there a difference between uh, Amana collecting her Mezaynois versus her Ksuba? So for that already, I am Berishayim. 
Am Rabbi Yochanan, Meshmed Rabbi Yosi ben Zimra. Rabbi Yochanan said the name Rabbi Yosi ben Zimra. Amana shashas shnei mashal leishan of aleitavah mezaynos. And Amana that waited two or three years, and she did not try getting mezaynos from the assignment. If the mezaynos, she loses her mezaynos. So if two or three years pass, there's a statute of limitations. At that point, you can't be tevei mezaynos anymore. So the Gemara says, let's understand first what Rabbi Yochanan was saying. Two or three years. Is it two years or three years? If she already loses her schos after two years, then certainly after three years, what's the two or three years? So the Gemara says, like, no, Kambani or Kambashir. It depends if she was an Ani or an Ashira. An Aniyah that goes two years without collecting money, so it's an Umdana that she's not going after Mazoinus, she loses her Mazoinus. An Ashira could be she had enough money for two years. Three years, that's already an Umdana. Inami, or you could say Kambipruza, Kambitsnoa. There are women that were very sneezing and they didn't want to go to Bezdin. So two years passed and you weren't to wear your Mazoinus in court, it's not if she's an Isha Prutza, we know she would have no problem going to Bezdin. So in that case, it wouldn't be. Oh my, Rava, Rava said, again, you have to read the not such fine print related to this halacha, and that is like, when we say the woman, if two or three years pass, is going to lose her mezoinus, it means she's going to lose. I mean, you can't come back now and say, listen, you owe me mezoinus for three years. Like, where were you? I would have not, no problem giving you sandwiches every day. But now you're coming to me for three years worth of mezoinus, I can't write you such a big check. So then already we say she was meichelet, ibda mezoinus avalahaba yeshlo. But as it relates to moving forward, just because she went two or three years and she didn't collect her Mazayinus doesn't mean moving forward she can't collect. This whole caveat, the statute of limitations, is only for the Avar. But as it relates for the Haba, there's no reason you should not be able to get it. So we had a, a pretty smooth sailing Ahmed Aleph. Ahmed Bez is going to return to the regular program where we're going to get into some of the Ha'isha Shanoflu, Hamader, Misha Hayonosu cases. Not that hard, but we're going to get into another real he said, she said, type of situation, specifically as it relates to the Amon and the assignment, specifically as it relates to the halach of the Mishnah, Amon and the assignment, boy, Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan, and Eba, Yisayimim, Amro, Nisananu, so a woman comes to collect the Mazayinus, the Yisayimim say, we already gave it to you, she gave it to me, yeah, we already paid you in advance for the entire year, Last Rashi on the Amit. We paid you out for the coming year. She says, I don't know what you're talking about. I never got anything. Who has to bring the Raya? I mean, who has the onus right now to prove whether or not the Mizoidists were actually paid? What did the two start them? Easy. It's either the Yisayimim or the Isha. Okay, what's the reason the Yisayimim should have to? What's the reason the Isha should have to? So said, Rabbi Yoichan, Do we say that the Nechassim are in the possession of the Yisayimim? Therefore, the Almana should have to bring a Raya. The Almana is the Hamoitzim Echaveira. She's trying to schlep out Mezoinois from the assignment. And because she's trying to schlep out Mazoinus from the assignment, she has the responsibility, it's incumbent upon her to prove if she wants to take it. Just like in every single Bava Kama, Bava Metzia, Bava Basra, Ksuba's case, that's always the halacha. Here too, that's going to be the same. Maybe here it's different. Because maybe we look at the Nechassim as if it's and if that's the case, you have to bring your eye. Now, what would be the reason that we should look at the Nechassim as if it's third top, top, top line? Because these nechasim are meshubat to her, but they're not just meshubat to her. It's betenai bezdin. And this really brings us back to Daf Peites, where the Gemara discussed 
between the husband and the wife, and over there, the halacha was that the woman is the one that has the yada and the reason is because she's coming to collect in that case she was collecting her ksuba with a maise bezden and the law is so being that she's coming so in the world of Baba Kama Baba Metziah Baba Basra she has a much better taina than she would usually have in other words to be clear ordinarily if you're trying to take money from somebody this person says I paid you and you say you never paid me you always have to bring the raya that is a whole shulchan aruch of how this plays itself out, right? I mean, that's the understatement of the year. But the point is, usually, the person that's being mighty mommy, you're trying to schlep out money, you have to bring it right. But my sebezin is different. And being that she's coming with the koyach of a my sebezin, we look at the chasm as if it's in her possession. If it's in her possession, the Islamic other ones are going to have to bring it right. So this was Rabbi Yechon and Ziba. The Gemara says, Tashma the Tani Levi. Levi, who has Bryce's throughout Shas, he had a Bryce on this. Amana calls Machalain. This says, as long as the mother didn't get married yet, so she didn't, re- she didn't remarry, Ali Yisoyim will have you right. The Yisoyim would have to bring the right. And this says, once she remarries, at that point, she's going to have to bring a right. So as long as the Amana is still in Amana, she didn't remarry yet. So then we look at the Mizoinus as being in her possession. The Islam are the ones that have to bring a right. Once she remarries, at that point, we don't look at the Nechassim as being Bereshusa. And as a result, she's the one that's going to have to bring the right. So we have a Mefurisha Braisa. It's one of Levi's Braises that was Machriya, this Shail of Rabbi Eichon. Amr Rav Simi Barashi, Rav Simi Barashi, Zeketanoi. I think that this child that Rabbi Yechanan has, where the woman is claiming, the Almanu, you never gave me the Mazoinus. And the Yisraelim are saying, it's not true, we paid you a year in advance. Who has to bring the Raya? It's Machloikis Tano. Moicheres v'koiseves, elu l'mazoinus macharti, ve'elu l'ksuva macharti, divi Rabbi Yehuda. Now this halacha of Rabbi Yehuda, we'll see, Rabbi Yehuda argues, it's a b'raisa, but it's really a longer version of what's going to be a Mishnah in tomorrow's death. Mishnah over there says something that at first glance may sound a little bit surprising. And that is, a woman that has an outstanding super, she's an amana, or there's outstanding mezoinus. So the karka, let's forget about metalpin, but the karka for sure is meshubit to the chiv ksuba and to the chiv mezoinus. She has a right to take the karka of the estate, sell it, shaloi bebezdin even, which is in and of itself a chiddish, and use the money that she gets in return to collect towards the outstanding obligations of the Ksuba and the Mazoinus. That's a mission tomorrow's daf will be a little bit more clear then. We have a Machlekes Tanon now. When she does that, does she have to make clear what she is selling and collecting towards her Chiv Ksuba versus her Chiv Mazoinus or not? That's what the Tanom were discussing. If she sells, she should write, this parcel of land I sold because I had an outstanding ksuba obligation of $10,000. I sold $2,000 worth of land towards payment of my ksuba. And the same is true for mezoinus. I said it backwards. But the point is, she should write it down. She doesn't have to do that. In fact, she's better off by not mentioning what she sold towards ksuba and what she sold towards mezoinus. So the Gemara says, what's this machoikis? Meaning, everyone agrees she could sell. That's not the Machloikis. The Machloikis is Koiseves. 
Koiseves or not Koiseves? So the Gemara says, My Presumably, this is the Machloikis. The Rabbi Huda, the Amar Bayi Lefrush, Rabbi Huda, that says that she needs to clarify what she's selling towards Mizoinus and what she's selling towards Ksubo. It's because Rabbi Huda held that the Nechasim are in the Chazaka of the Yisoyimim. We look at the Yisoyimim, they're holding the money, and even though it's a Tanai Bezdin, still we look at them as being the Muchzik. And if there's ever going to be a confusion right now, whether or not this outstanding Mazoinus, the Amman is going to be the one that's going to have to bring the Raya. It's for that reason what the Amman is being encouraged to do right now is to make it very, very clear that if she sold Karka to collect Ksuba, she should say she sold it to collect Ksuba. And the reason is because if she's not going to write Mefurish that she collected Ksuba, then later the Yusoyimim are going to be able to say that the Chiv Mezoinus is no longer outstanding because you sold towards the Mezoinus and they're going to be believed. So therefore what we're encouraging her to do is to make it very, very clear because otherwise you may run into a situation where they're going to be disputing you and you're going to be the one that's going to have to bring the Raya. So clarify what it is you did so you're not going to lose your ability in the future to be able to collect Mezoinus. Rabbi Yossi, Sav, Rabbi Yossi holds loy boy lefrushi. Rabbi Yossi, however, holds that she doesn't need to be mefarish because he holds nechsi becheskos because he holds any time there's a dispute whether there's outstanding Mezoinus, she's anyways the one that's going to have the upper hand. And the Yisoyimim are going to be the ones that are going to have to bring the raya. So it's for that reason there's no reason for her to clarify. So maybe the machloikis between Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yossi, whether she should clarify or not clarify, is totally in the Shiloh. Rabbi Yehuda says, go ahead and write very, very clearly what you're doing, because there is a chance that later you're going to come to collect your mezoinus and that you say, I'm not going to give it to you. Why? Because they're going to say, you already sold my karka. You're going to say, no, what I sold was for the ksuba. Who's going to be believed? They're going to be believed. Because anytime there's a toy vinitin, whether there's a chiv mezoinus outstanding, alo almon raya. It's do we look at the Nechassim as if they're in the possession of the assignment? So for that reason, we tell you to go ahead and write it. Whereas Rabbi Yossi said, you don't have to write it because you're not losing anything. Because if there's ever going to be a situation like this, you're not going to lose out. And because you're not going to lose out, so therefore it's not necessary for you to write it. In fact, Rabbi Yossi's Lashon was, In fact, she's actually better off leaving it blank, as we'll see in a minute. But the bottom line is, is that maybe that's the Machlech's Bible says, it's for sure not Muchach. Maybe everybody holds that really the Nechassim are in the possession of Naamana. And anytime there's a dispute, the Yusayim would have to bring a Raya. And based on that, there's no reason for the woman to have to write if she sells off some of the Karka for the Ksuba that I sold her for the Ksuba because of a concern that maybe if she doesn't write it was for the Ksuba, Daltaina was for the Mezoinus and she won't be able to collect the Mezoinus. I, if that's the case, why then did Rabbi Yehuda say write it down? If it's not to prevent a, a toy venitan later that may end up going against her, so what is the reason for it? Rabbi Yehuda eats a toy Rabbi Yehuda just giving an eats a toy sanusa. If you're selling for the ksuba, write that you're selling for ksuba because otherwise people are going to think that you just sold off a parcel of land and it's all for mezoinus and it's going to scare off potential suitors. She's an almana, so she's looking to do a shidduch now and people aren't going to want to marry her because they're going to say she's very high maintenance. Just look at her food bill. <laughs> they 
going to think she's a raf sanusha, she's a zaf fresser. So just sit down and write very, very clearly that what I sold was for the ksubas. Like this, no one's going to be hurt. But it has nothing to do with the chishim mishpatayim v'nitan situation a little bit. It's just an eitzah toive kamash one, literally. The loyte mahachim. The says, I'll prove to you. I'll prove to you that Rabbi Yehuda's halacha is not a raya that but it's just merely an Eitzah Toivet that she shouldn't look like a Rav Sanusa. Because the Eloi Teimahachi, because if that's not the case, Rabbi Yochanan was the one who asked this question. Rabbi Yochanan had a question. We were pushed from Levi's Braiso, and then Rabbi Sin Barashi wanted to be pushed from this Braiso. We could be pushing it from a, a Mephurish Mishnah. The Mishnah that we mentioned earlier, that we're going to see in tomorrow's that. Mecheres lemezoinois, shenloi bebestin, v'koiseves elu lemezoinois macharti. The Bryce over there mentioned that she should write what she's selling it for. I'm selling for mezoinois, I'm selling for ksuba. Now whose sheet is that? We know from the Bryce, so the longer version, it's only Rabbi Yehuda's sheet. It's not Rabbi Yehuda's sheet. But here's the point. If you're going to tell me that Rabbi Yehuda's sheet is a riot to one of Rabbi Yehuda's stadim, so what was Rabbi Yehuda's Shiloh? Why wasn't he pushing it from the Mishnah? Now we need help from Rashi over here. The Gemara is saying that I think I have a Braiso that is discussing Rabbi Yochanan's Zalocha and it makes it into a Machlekistano. Mara says, I hear, I think I could be Doichet. And Mara says, I'll prove to you there's a Dichot. Because the Mishnah took one of the two Tzadim and if it's a Mephurish Mishnah, Rabbi Yochanan would never ask the Shiloh. So Rashi, and if it's a Mephurish of Rais, Rabbi Yochanan would have asked the Shiloh. Meaning, we're not proving from the Braisa that it's not a Machlaikis Tanom, because if it's a Machlaikis Tanom and the Braisa, what was Rabbi Yechon Shaili? He should have known it's Machlaikis Rabbi Yechon Rabbi And by the way, he would know who we paskin like, because Rabbi Yechon usually is Namukayimai. But if it's a Mafurisha Mishnah, then it's Ha'ara and Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon, why are you asking a question that's a Mafurisha Mishnah? If it's a Ha'ara, why would Rabbi Yechon be asking a question that's a Mafurisha Mishnah? Why is it not a Ha'ara? Why would Rabbi Yechon be asking a question that's a Mafurisha Raisa? So Rashi says, in order to understand this, you have to understand the difference between Mishnahis and Raisas, which in our Chaburah we talk a lot about. And that is the Mishnahis everybody knew. The Braises, no, no, it's possible Rabbi Yechon didn't know a Braisa. It's not possible he didn't know a Mishnah. But a Braisa is possible he didn't know. So to tell me Rabbi Yechon would have asked a Shiloh that's a Braisa, that's a conversation. But to tell me Rabbi Yechon would have asked a Shiloh that's a Mishnah? There's no way. And by the way, Rabbi Yechon holds Halachikistan Mishnah. He would have never asked the child that's a Mufurisha. Mishnah must be, it's Muchach Elmi Masisa Lekel Nishma Mino. It's a Toivik Kamashwan. Obviously, you can't prove anything from the Mishnah because the Mishnah I could always tell you is an Eitz a Toivik Kamashwan. Hachanami, as it relates to the Braiso, Eitz a Toivik Kamashwan. Could be, it's the same exact thing that's going on over here. And all this is is an Eitz a Toivik Kamashwan. So, again, okay. Rabbi Yechon had a Shiloh, a woman that's, an Amman is coming to collect Menachsi Yisoyimim, her Mizoyimis. The assignment say we paid it. She says I never received payment. The question is who has to bring a raya? Traditionally, I might say mechaber all of a raya, but this is a tonight bezin. So maybe we look at her as being the mochzik, and the assignment other ones are going to have to bring a raya. So Rav Barashi said, I think it's a machloikis tanom. We have a machloikis tanom, a woman who takes the Yisoyimim's karka and sells it for either payment of her ksuba or her mezainus. Something that the mission tomorrow's staff is going to say very clearly she could do. Does she have to write specifically what she's selling? towards payment of Ksuba and what she's selling towards payment of Mazoyinus or does she not? Rabbi Yudah said, yeah, Rabbi Yudah said not. And the Gemara thought, maybe this is what's going on over here. What's going on over here is that we tell the woman that if you're selling for Ksuba, write that you're selling for Ksuba because otherwise there may be a dispute later whether or not the Chiv Mazoyinus is outstanding. Because if you don't write your soul towards Ksuba, the assignment might later say that you already received payment for Mazoinus because when you sold off the Karka, it went towards the Mazoinus. And they're going to win. That's why make it very, very clear that whatever you sold, you sold towards Ksuba. Us, Rabbi Yehuda holds, they would win. Rabbi Yehuda said, nah, don't worry about that. Leave it vague. You're actually better off leaving it vague.
Why? Because if there ever was such a dispute, you're going to win. Oh, so that must be the Machloikis. Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Yusayim are the winners. She needs to bring a Raya. Whereas Rabbi Yaisi holds that she's the winner. And the Yusayim are the ones that have to bring a Raya. But the Gemara was Daichet. The Gemara was Daichet and the Gemara said it's not Muchach. It could be the Kuliyama Nichsa Bechask Samanakaimi. Maybe everybody holds because the Tanai Bez and really the Nechassim are in the possession of the Yisoyimim. And if there was ever a dispute, for sure the Yisoyim, it's in the possession of the Amana. And if there was ever a dispute, for sure the Yisoyimim would have to bring a Raya. I, if that's the case, why did Rabbi Yehuda say right in the Ksuba or right in the Shtar that you're selling for Ksuba? The reason they're telling you to do that is it's just an Eitz and Nobody should think that she just sold off a $10,000 piece of property, posh it, so she should have enough food for the next uh, little while. It's just not a good idea. Eitz Natoiv, Kamash one. And it's for that reason he told you to do it. Now the Gemara is going to say another Dichoy in the reverse, why this Machloik is Tanon, Lav Davke has anything to do with Rabbi Yechon and Shaili. Inami, you could say, the Yaman Nichsi Becheskes Yasmi Kaimi. Just the opposite. Kubi Sai Rabbi Yehuda, Sai Rabbi Yehuda, hold Nichsi Becheskes Yasmi Kaimi. Everybody holds in the Chasimar and the Chazaka of the Yisoyimim. And if they're in the Chazak of the Yisoyimim, then if there was ever a dispute, they would be in the right. She would always have to prove her position, which would explain Rabbi Yehuda's sheet in the Brisa. Why we encourage her to write clearly that what I sold, I sold Fiksuba, because otherwise you may end up having a situation. Ah, if that's the case, so why does Rabbi Yossi say, leave it vague? Not only did you say leave it vague, he said you're better off leaving it vague. What was the reason for that? This is the second time we've had a Baya Kishisha in the last few days. I'll explain to Rabbi Yishita with a Mashal. It's a Ksubis type of Mashal. There was a Shivmera, there was a man that was dying, and he said, Give as a Matono, Masayim Zuzlaploini, Balchaifi. Who happens to me about my Balchai? So this Shivmera owed Masayim Zuz. To his friend. And then on his deathbed, he said, Give him Masayim Zuz as a Matan. So right now, this Shrivmara has, or the Balchayv, has a schus towards the Shrivmara for Masayim Zuz, Pamayim. Number one, as a Balchayv, and number two, as a Matan. Okay, said Abaye Kishisha in this marshal, Rotsa Bechayvay Noitlan, Rotsa Bematana Noitlan. So, right now, if the the Balchayv is going to come take his Masayim Zuz, he could pick and choose. He could say, I want to take the Masayim Zuz towards my Chayv. Or he says, if I want, I could take it based on the Matana. Now, in the Matana Noitlan, if the first Masayim Zuz that he takes, meaning the children know Mitzvah Kaim Divri Ames, here you go, his Masayim Zuz. So, if he wants, right, the receiver can say, I'm taking it as the matana, which the Shechivara said on his deathbed he was going to give me, or I'm taking it towards payment of my loan. What would be better for him? It'd be better for him to take it as a matana. Why would it be better for him to take it as a matana? Because if he just took the Masayim Zuz as a matana, then the Masayim Zuz that's still outstanding, he's going to be able to collect from the Lekuchas. Because that was a Shtar Chayv, and a Shtar Chayv you could be going from the Lekuchas. If the Masayim Zuz that he takes right now, he's taking towards payment of his loan, then what's outstanding? What's outstanding is going to be a Chiv Matana. A Chiv Matana, you're not going to be able to take from the Lekuchas. So he's actually better off to take it as right now Matana rather than take it as payment for the Shtar Chayv, because if the Shtar Chayv is outstanding, he's going to be better off. So like this in the future, he's going to be able to collect his Chayv from the Lekuchas. Rabbi Yossi held in the same vein that if a woman is selling karka towards payment of either Mezoinus or the Ksuba, leave it vague. 
The reason I think you should leave it vague is because if you're going to write that you sold it towards your ksuba, then it's true if there's ever a dispute between you and the assignment whether they owe you the mezoinus, you'll be able to say that you owe me the mezoinus. They're going to say you sold off karka. No, I have it written. Look, you signed it. It's notarized. That whatever was paid... Meaning, when I collected from the Mechira, it went towards Ksuba, it didn't go towards the Mazoinus. And again, we're going now that everybody holds Nixi Becheskes Yasmikaimi. So that's going to benefit her. For sure, that's going to benefit her. But at the same time, it comes with an invoice. Because if the only thing that's outstanding now is Chiv Mazoinus, because you wrote that any payment that you took was towards Ksuba, not towards Chiv Mazoinus, that Chiv Mazoinus doesn't have the same Koyach as collecting towards Ksuba, because Mazoinus you can't take from the Lakuchas. If, however, we would assume that the payment that she received was towards Mezoinus, but the Chiyav Ksuba is outstanding, then she would have the advantage, the benefit, that she can go collect the Ksuba now from the Lekuchas. So really, right now, whether or not she writes that the payment that she received was towards Ksuba might work in her benefit and might work against, it might work against her. If they're going to ever dispute that they made payment towards the then yeah, she would want to know, I have a proof that the payment I received was towards the Ksuba. But then again, if she's going to have to come to collect from the Lekuchas, she would be better off saying that what she took was Mezoinus. Because Mezoinus she will not now be able to take from the Lekuchas, whereas Ksuba she would be able to take from the Lekuchas. So whereas Rabbi Yehuda said you should write specifically in the in, after you sell it, that you sold towards the Ksuba, in the event you sold towards the Ksuba. So like this, if there's ever a situation for Mezoinus, you'll be able to collect the Mezoinus. Rabbi Yossi says, I'm not so sure you're right. I can hear it both ways. I can hear that there's a may like it is, there's an advantage to go ahead and write that what was Ksuba, like this you'll be able to get the Mezoinus in the case of a time venitin, but then again you may lose out because if you ever have to be tired from the Lekuchas, you're better off saying that whatever you collected, you collected towards the Mezoinus and leave the Ksuba outstanding. It's like this, you could be tired from the Lekuchas. Either way, it's for that reason Rabbi Yossi said, leave it vague. Meaning, the Machloikis again between Rabbi Yudin and Rabbi Yossi is not this macro Machloikis who's considered the Muchzik when it comes to Shailas like this. Whether we look at the Amada being the Muchzik or whether we look at the assignment being the Muchzik, but rather what's happening over here is the Shailah over here is a more specific Shailah in the world of Eitzataiva, in the world of counseling her, what's going to give her the best chances of being able to get what she's supposed to get, determining all the risk factors. Is it better to just say, in the event that that's what happened, that will definitely give it a leg up if there's ever a time venitin as it relates to whether there's an outstanding or better leave it vague because like this, if you ever have to be tired from the Lekuchas, you're better off not saying that Lekuchas Macharti. Let it be open right now. You'll decide later whether it was Lekuchas Macharti, whether it was Lekuchas Macharti. And the advantage of doing that is that if you ever have to take from the Lekuchas, you'll be able to take from the Lekuchas. Again, Rabbi Yechon had a Shiloh who's considered the Mokhzik when it comes to Ammon and Nizaynas Menechsi Yisayimim. Do we look at the Yisayimim? They have the money. Or do we look at the... Amana, because it's coming mekayach tanai bez and the gemara said isn't that the machloekis Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yosi? The gemara was doichet. It could be everybody holds like one side of Rabbi Yochanan and Shaila, and it could be everybody holds like the other side of Rabbi Yochanan and Shaila. So just to end today's daf with two short ha'aris. So the, fir- the first ha'ar is we just started in a parak that's called parak Amana Nizaynis. It discusses the halachis of an Amana coming to collect from the next assignment. So the last daf that we learned together. Daf Tzadik Dalit, and also the last Daf that was posted, which was from seven and a half years ago, Daf Tzadik Hei, we mentioned the same Ha'ara, the same Minchas Chinuch. We are, the Minchas Chinuch discusses a phenomenal Loshen HaChinuch 
that talks about the Isner in the Torah to be Ma'ana or Yosin Va'almana. Kol Almana V'yosin Loisa'anon. And then the Chinuch talks about some dinim that Chazal derived based on this Pasuk in the Torah. And one of the dinim that the Chinuch mentions is, If someone's coming to collect payment from the next Yisoyim, Even if he has a shtar mit a henpek, You need a shvur, Something that you don't find when it comes to anybody else, or if you're coming to collect with a shtar mekuyim, of course you wouldn't need a shvur. But abali parim yinichse yisoyimim over there, the halacha is lo yipara ela b'shvur. And the mechaz chinuch says that this chinuch it's a nifla digemara makim, but he says it's sarchian. He doesn't understand it. You're telling me that the reason abali parim yinichse yisoyimim like yipara ela b'shvur is because of the lav and the toyf kol amad v'yosam lo yisanon. Frek the mechaz chinuch tzvei kashes. Number one, he says. If that's the case, then the halacha should be true if someone is bali parim in amana as well. So if somebody comes, a balchayv is coming to an amana to take payment, loyti parim ala It's the same lav in the Torah. Kala amana v'yasam loy sa'anon. V'oid, he says, we paskin, like a ba'ya kashisha, that yisoyimim sha'amru g'doy l'vein tzarch loy mektanim. That the halacha of a bali parim in yisoyimim loyti parim ala b'shvur is true, even for yisoyimim g'doy l'vein, even for yisoyimim skenim. And the Mechaz Chinuch says, that's poshit, that a yosem, that's a godel and a zokin is not included in the isra of the Torah of kol amana v'yosem loy sa'anon. So you see, a bali parim in yisoyimim loyti parim ala b'shvur has nothing to do with the love. What is, what does it have to do with? It has to do that they don't know about their father's geshaften. So you're coming now to take payment because you're going to tell them, you know, your father owed me money. How does he know? And because he doesn't no, therefore, you can't just say it, you have to own it. And the way you own it in Chazal is with a shvu. And therefore, we tell you to go ahead and swear. But the point is, number one, it should be true for an Ammon, just like it's true for a Yosem. And number two, yes, that an Yosem, that's a Godel, shouldn't have this halacha. So we mentioned very, very briefly when we finished this Ha'ara that Mechazchenach uh, doesn't say what the shear is. Meaning, Mechazchenach named on for a double Pasha that a Yosem Godel, Yosem Zokin, doesn't have a din of a Yosem in halacha. Okay, so what's the cutoff? At what point is a yasim no longer considered a yasim in halacha? Specifically as it relates to this halacha of kol almana v'yasim loisa'ana. So the truth is, it's a mafurish Rambam. The Rambam is in Hilchas Deis. It's perig vav. It's halacha yod. The Rambam discusses the halachas of yasimim and almana. It's chayif adam lehizar b'yasimim v'almanas b'pnei shenafshon shvelo l'maoid v'rucha nemucha afal pichein bali mamoin etc. 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 At the very end, the last line of the Rambam, that emos nekra im yasimim l'nizeh up until when are they considered yasimim? Actually, you tzrichim lo adam gadol lehisam achloi. So the Ram says that as long as this person needs to come onto other people to assist them and help them, maybe emotionally as well, at that point they're considered Yisoyimim. But once he's able to do kol tzarche atzmai, kishar kol akdoilim, at that point doesn't have a din of Yisoyimim anymore. It's the Lashon of the Rambam, in the end of Perik Vav, over the years, anecdotally, I've heard different things, b'shem different g'dayim, but this is a Lashon Rambam. The Rambam says, Mefurish, that, at a masai nekram yisoyimim l'inyenzeh, at shalayiyu tzrichim l'adam gadol, l'itzomach loy l'amnam ulitapel behem. So I was thinking, the Rambam defined at what point a yasim is no longer considered a yasim regarding this halacha of kol amon of a yasim loysan. And again, as it relates to different halachas, for example, a bali parim and echsi yisoyimim, so really, you have to know with regards to each halacha. But we're talking about the general love in the Torah of kol amana v'yosam loisana. So what's the halacha regarding amana? At what point 
is an almana no longer considered an almana. I mean, I must say, until when would an almana be considered an almana? Suppose you would think, Lefum Riata, until she remarries. If an almana remarries, she's not an almana anymore. And based on that, you shouldn't have any more the halacha of a kol almana v'yosan And the truth is, in the sugis of Ksubas, once an almana remarries, you see that the halacha has changed a little bit. So, Lechura, that's what you would think. But I saw in the Sefer, Hadar Yaakov, this is one of the many, many Sfarim that were written by Agoy Nagod or Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Sefer Shlito. He has a, a whole discussion on this question. And that is, at one point, is an Amana no longer considered an Amana? And he makes a Diok Nifla in the Lekute Maril. So, in the Lekute Maril, which are the Likutim, that the that mentions different things written by one of the Talmidim and the Maril related to Maril. So it says as follows. Just read it inside. It's one short paragraph. Maril, whom Maharisegal, al when he would be talking to people about his wife, Ashkenaz, he would say in Yiddish, in German, Mein Hoisfroy. That's why he would refer to his wife. Continuing, this is all the Shoinoi Hazav of the Lukute Maril. When he would call her, such a but that's only when people were around. But if he was talking to her and nobody was there, he would be mechabed her incredibly. And the reason is because he was married to an almana. And because his wife was an almana from a previous marriage, the Maril was very, very careful when he would talk to his own wife. said, It's Meduyak in this Lukute Maril that an almana retains her status of an almana even when she remarries. Because at the end of the day, she's still an Ammana from a previous Zibug, and therefore, as it relates to this halacha of Kol Ammana V'yosam Lo she's still going to have it in Ammana. And said Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Soifer, maybe it's Meduyik in the Rambam. Because the Rambam brought a whole Shulchan Aruch of Chayev Adam Lizar B'Yisoyim V'Almanas. Mibnei Shenafshan Shveil Lomoyed Baruch HaNamucha. Says the Rambam, Vadei Mosai Nekram Yisoyimim Linyanzeh. The Rambam fears with a kasha. Until when is in Yosem called a Yosem? Why did the Rambam fears with the same kasha? Adei Mosai Nekram Almanos Linyanzeh. He didn't ask that question. Zokrab Yaakov Chaim Soifer, you want to know why he didn't ask this question? Could be he didn't ask this question because it was poshit. There is no shear. And Almanos Eidog and Almana in Halacha of and there's no shear. By Yosem, there's a shear. And that's why he wanted to know what the shear is. But as a rate to Almana, it could be there's no shear. And then he's Messiah, he says, it could be the Pasik says, What's the word call? Call is always Lerabis. He brings from the Marshal that the Marshal in one of his Svarim, Yamshul Shloyma, the Marshal said that the Rambam, when he talks about the Allah of an Almana, you have to be Machabiter. So he says, And the Marshal said, How did the Rambam know Afila Almanasi Shamelech? Meaning, you see there's a Havamina that it's not true for Almanasi Shamelech. So if there was a Havamina, it's not true for Almanasi Shamelech, Efshetakana, had the Rambam know Almanasi Shamelech. So the Marshal said, because he dashed in the word call. Call Almanas Lerabis, Almanasi Shamelech. Said Rabbi Yaakov Chaim Soifer, that maybe. Kol Amana is also Marba and Amana even after she gets married, even after Zivik Shani, could be that she's still going to have a din of an Amana. That's the first star. Second aura to be Messiah and Biki Toiv. And that is so we had the Gemara, 
little bit of agadita tucked away in what turned out to be, like so many of these dafin, another intense dafin and the Masechtis Ksubis. But the Gemara mentioned, Anyone that doesn't allow his Talmud to be Meshamashim, it's as if he's withholding from him Chesed. He's even being pyrrhic from him, Yerushamayim, and he brought a Pasuk as well. I was thinking, the Chidah, in a few places in his Svarim, he quotes a Zayra Kaddish. The Zayra Kaddish says, the Pasuk says, if you're going to be making those mitzvahs, you're going to get schar. You know what the schar is going to be? You're going to be rewarded with Yerushalayim. As if to say, the schar for being mechabit hamid hachachamim is you're going to be zoicha to Yerushalayim. As I state in Zayar Kaddish, the Chidah and other Sfarim bring the Zayar. I think it's Mamish Mefurish in our Gemara. The Gemara is Nedrem Nachem Yitzchak Oimer Kol Ameinaya Talmida Milashamshay Pirek Mimenu Yerushamayim. He's being Pirek Mimenu Yerushamayim. Why? Because Mipnei Seva Talkum Vadarta Pnei Zokin. What's the Schos? What are you going to get? The Eresa Me'alekecha and the Hashem. So if someone's Meinayit, somebody doesn't allow it to happen, what he's going to end up losing out, he's going to end up losing Yerushamayim. Now the truth is, this Indian that if a person is Mechabat Hamid Chachamim, he's going to be Zoichet to Yerushamayim, Pashit, it's, it's obvious. If this person spends time with a very, very Chash of a person, obviously he's going to get Yerushamayim. But from the Zoyer that uh, Chidah brings, it's mashma, it works a little differently. It's a matan schar. It's a quid pro quo. It's literally a, a matana from the Ebeshto. That if a person is going to be mipnei seva tokum, he's going to be vadarta pnei zokin, he's going to be zoicha to aviyareisam elikecho. The bnei soschar in, in art brings this Chidah and he says a Dover Nifla. He says the Gemara says in Erev and Daf Chavches on the days that Reb Zera was very sick. So there's different Gemaras and Shas that talk about Reb Zera that he was very weak. He was very sick at one point. And the Gemara said it got to a point that he was so sick he couldn't learn. So what did he do? Have a Ozel Yosef Apischad Reb Yudah Barami. He would sit by the door of Yisab Barami. Omar, he said, Kinafki Va'ili Rabbanon. When the Rabbanon are going to come in and out, Eikom Mikamayu. I'm going to stand up for them. Va'kabobu Agro. And by doing that, I'm going to be Zoycha Teschar. Meaning he said, I can't learn. So let me at least be Mechab. Why? So like this, I'm going to get schar. Frank, the Bnei Yisachar. What happened to the Mishnah? Al tiu kavodim am shamshin as a rabba manasal kabel pras. Why? Why is Reb Zera being mechabet tamid chacham to get schar? He should be mechabet tamid chacham and to be mechabet tamid chacham. But why is he doing it today? That I'll akabobu angra. I'll get schar. So the Bnei Yisachar said, "What's the schar for being mechabet tamid chacham? Mipnei seva talking vadarta pnei zokim viyoreisam elokech ani Hashem. It's Yerushalayim. It's true. Al tiu kavodim am shamshin asaraf am anasal kabel pras. But that's when the pras is a regular schar. But when the pras, the reward is Yerushalayim. That type of pras, a person could be mishamish asaraf am anasal kabel pras. So the bnei soscha said, with this you can understand a very mysterious mishnah. Everyone knows the mishnah. The mishnah we just quoted. Atignos is soicha kibul mishim and atzadik. Who are you? And then Antignus said, And you should have Yerushamayim. Everyone's bothered. What's the postscript to this Mishnah and to this halacha of That's what the Mishnah is coming to say. But at the same time, if there's a mitzvah that you can do, 
that's going to get you Yerushalayim as the Schar Mitzvah, that's already different. And that's Rab Zeru in Erev and Chavches on the days. He says, let me dafka, let me dafka sit like this, I'll be Zoychet Yerushalayim, a Kabobu Agra, ay, I'll tell you Kabodim, I'm Shamshin, Zerab, I'm Anasla Kabopras, that's the end of this Mishnah. So I was thinking, the Pasuk says, and we know Shimon Amsunri Hayyadirish Kalas and Shabatira Ad Shabara Biyaktil came to Shamal Kachatira and he was Pyrish Kishem Shab Kibalti Sharla Drisha Kachakabal Sharla Prisha at Shabara Biakiv and taught as a Shamal Kachatira the Rabbis Tamid Kacham and Pashab Shah and the Jurash is that as a Shamal Kachatira, if you have to have Yira from the Abishta, snow to the Rabbis Tamid Kachamim, you have to have Yira for the Tamid Kachamim as well. But the fee is there, as a Shamal Kachatira, the Rabbis Tamid Kachamim, that if a person is gonna be Mikhaim as a Shamal Kachatira, through that, the rabbis tamid chachamim. That forget that by being having yira for tamid chachamim, you're going to come to Hashem lekechatira. So if there's a tzivui as Hashem lekechatira, you know what you see from there. The rabbis tamid chachamim, because by having yira for tamid chachamim, that's going to bring a person to Hashem lekechatira. One final thought: Who said this halacha? Who said this? Amr Rabbi Barab, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. And then Nachman by Yitzchak had the Hisafah. So what came to mind was a Gemara that we learned earlier in the Masechta. And that is, the Gemara said that Rabbi Yochanan was once walking on steps. And Rav Ami and Rav Asi, they were both holding on to him. And as they were walking, all of a sudden one of the steps gave in and they were about to fall. And the Gemara says, Rav Yochanan with this incredible show of strength held on to Rav Ami and Rav Asi on one hand. He held on to the banister on the other hand and he was mamish able to save him. So they looked at Rav Yochanan and they said, the dahachi, the So I didn't realize you're so strong. That mamish holding on to him and they're carrying the Gemara's for him. And every little thing that he needed, he said, I didn't realize with one hand you were able to lift the whole house. And he told him, it's true, I have Kayach. If I'm going to exhaust all my energy now, what am I going to have left over when I'm older? And really, when you think of the Gemara, Rabbi Eichran, this is the, these are your Talmidim, your Mamish, because in 40 years from now, you want to make sure you're going to have Kayachs. So it's for that reason, your Mamish holding on to them right now. The terrace is maybe it's Rabbi Yochanan Lashitasa. Rabbi Yochanan holds that if someone is Maineya, his Talmud from being Mishamishim, Maineya mi menu chesed. Rabbi Nachman Yitzchuk said, Rabbi Yochanan understood that there's a chiv for a Rebbe to make sure he allows his Talmud to be Mishamishim. Brought down a Shulchan Aruch, by the way. Yeridea Sim and Reish Membeis. It's also for a Rebbe to be Moichel al if his Talmud wants to be Mishamishim. He has to accept it because it's in the, it's in the benefit of the Talmudim. So Rabbi Yochanan Lashitasa, who's the Baal He's the Baal Shmu of this halacha. So Eret Fashtan and the value. So therefore he said, there's a chiyar a cheshman. Without a cheshman, maybe he wouldn't have done it. Based on this cheshman, he had Rav Ami and Rav Asi, Lishi Tosai, Bim, Meshamashem. Like this, they should be zaycha to this Yerushamayim.